Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Donk and Dreamy. I am Donk. This is Dreamy. And our real names are Spencer and Jordan, respectively, so we'll be referring to as such because, uh, believe it or not, it's going to be really weird for me to refer to Jordan as Dreamy. I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to be called Donk. That's just the name of the show, Donk and Dreamy. Uh, and so Jordan is called Dreamy because he is super optimistic. Oh, we're a couple of Broncos fans. Um, but ironically, we hate watching mediocre football. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Jordan is definitely the more optimistic of the two of us. Uh, at the beginning of the season, he uh, was going on and on about how we are going to make the wild card spot for the AFC. Now, we are recording this on Saturday, October 23rd. We are two days removed from a loss to the Cleveland Browns going on a four loss streak. Jordan, do you still see a wild card spot as realistic? Absolutely. Okay, I get it, everybody. This streak has been bad. You know, losing to Baltimore was one thing. I could even say losing to Pittsburgh was another thing as well, but losing to the Raiders was not ideal, and losing to the Browns without a Baker Mayfield was not good as well. Not not good whatsoever. However, I will say this. We're 3-4. We're and four. There's no need to push the panic button right now. We still have about 10 games left to go. And of course, definitely some things can be turned around. Now, the, I do like that I believe our next opponent, if I'm not mistaken, and we could go ahead and correct me on this, Spencer, is the that team over in Washington, the Washington football team. Yeah, that is right. I've got uh, this year's schedule pulled up. And yeah, we do have the Washington football team up next. And I'd love to say that this game is winnable, but so is the Browns. And frankly, so is the Steelers. I honestly, the fact that we lost the Steelers is what makes me lose hope because we should have won that game. We have not necessarily a better quarterback, but Big Ben is like a shell of a shell of his former self. He's not the man um, what it used to be, for sure. We, And we got no pressure on him at all. Like he was, <laughs> He was able to eat breakfast in the pocket back there. Um, so that was the moment for me where I, I started to think, you know, we're not making wild card this season. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so to talk about the Browns game, the most recent game, Jordan, what did you think about this game? Well, a lot of the problems that have really been plaguing us since this losing streak are unfortunately rearing our, our, its ugly head yet again. And, you know, this is actually really just a common theme that has been with us since, you know, our glory days of the Super Bowl. You could even go back to our 9-7 record. What was it back at the year after the Super Bowl? The offense was just meh. Like, I, I am very optimistic about this team, and I do believe, you know, we're going to be do, um, able to do great, amazing things. Well, that's really because our defense is still a top five defense. You could even argue it's a top one defense with some of the players that we've had and some of the draft picks that we've had recently. And also understanding that I don't believe we have Bradley Chubb back yet. So this defense is not only a great defense, but it's even supposed to be getting better once we get some of our key pieces back into play. But again, we talk about the offense right here. Now, Teddy Bridgewater didn't do as terrible as he did against the Raiders throwing what, four or five picks uh, that particular game. No, he had one pick, he had two touchdowns. But honestly, other than that, I mean, some of our big people that we were kind of waiting for, you know, some good things to happen, our rushing attack that we've been praising a lot about, Jamal Williams, four carries, 20 yards. Melvin Gordon, eight carries, 18 yards. Like, what? 
Like, it, it, it didn't seem like we were able to get our running game off of the ground. Now, kudos. I do believe that the Browns have also a good defense as well, mind you. But still, it, it was just a particular plague of what's been going on, which is our offense has been very, very, very inconsistent since our three-game winning streak. Yeah, and, I mean, the offense has just been boring. It, it's not really that it's bad it's just that's boring that's that's the worst part and the play calling was just all over the place i mean i remember at the very end of the first half we've got one more play left to run and we decide to do a run play which made no sense to me i know people gave uh crap to the browns a couple weeks ago when they threw a male hail mary to end the first half but why not do that? We hadn't gone on the board yet. And so what if you throw an interception to end out the half? So what? So what? They put more points on the board. What's it really going to matter? We come back out with that at the half. And best case scenario, we come out with points. Worst case scenario, they come out with points. To me, it's it's really just it, it balances out at the end of at the end of the game. But you have to do something, attack them at to end that half. And we didn't do that. We just ran the ball and i understand we were going to get the ball back to receive at the half but it, it, that that call just kind of frustrated me um at least teddy bridgewater was getting rid of the ball more quickly i think that was his biggest flaw in the raiders game was just he was holding on to it for way too long and he was still holding on to it for longer than um i'd like to see um, he was at least a little bit more quick with the passes, but yeah, he, he's really got to get that ball out more so that, um, you know, the offensive line isn't having to, you know, collapse as quickly as, as it is, um, which offensive line definitely does still need some work. No. And, and where we really want to go ahead and just kind of talk about it right here is the fact that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater definitely sounds like he, he's definitely so far been performing, right? You know, he had three good games. You could say that he had, you know, really one bad game, which was the Oakland Raiders. Actually, yeah, one bad game against the Raiders. Baltimore don't count because he was hurt throughout the, the first half, and we had to go ahead and put Drew Locke out there, which I still like Drew Locke, but obviously it's kind of telling right now how the season is going on and how Teddy Bridgewater has been able to do so far this season. And really that that uh, Steelers game, too, is, was not really his – not really as good games. So right now, just kind of giving us a resume right here. So we've been seven games within the season. We've seen Teddy Bridgewater do do what he does against all the teams that he's played throughout the seven games. How do you feel he is playing so far? You know this year, uh, this year, and do you have expectations that he could, you know, as well as his offense progress throughout the latter part of this year? Um, it's kind of a double-edged sword with our quarterback room. First off, did you see that Locke was wearing his helmet like pretty much the whole game? Like at least since the yeah. second quarter was when I first noticed it, which I thought – and Locke has been, um, you know, obviously, you know, he, he wants to be the starter still. And that, that's showing, you know, when they're having their sideline meetings during timeouts and stuff, Locke will be out there with them. Like he has, a, has his helmet with him. But this game, like he had it on him the whole time. And I'm wondering if the coaches told him, you know, if, if things go poorly enough – We'll put you in, or you know, this this is a game that we're considering put you, putting you in for, or if he was just showing, hey, I'm ready, put me in, I'm I'm ready to go. Um, he did have the green sticker on the back of his helmet though, um, 
So I don't know if that's something they always do to make sure that if something happens that the backup quarterback does have that mic system good to go and ready. Um, but I did think that was pretty telling that, one, he had that sticker on the back of his helmet. Two, he had the helmet on um, pretty much the whole time. Um, but really, like, Teddy and Locke are kind of opposite quarterbacks. You know, Teddy goes for the checkdowns um, more readily. Um, he doesn't go for the deep shot as often, um, which is good because he hasn't been hitting too many of those. Um, whereas Locke, you know, I remember last year, I forget which game it was, but he finally threw a check down. I was like, oh my God, our quarterback finally threw a ch check down, which is not inspiring confidence at all. But he'll go for the deep shot, even if it's the complete wrong thing to do. That being said, I think Teddy puts this team in the best position to win because I saw Locke a little bit in the preseason. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the preseason games, but the little bit I did get to see with Locke, he honestly did not look improved at all. There was a shovel pass that he made in the last preseason game, and I was watching that play. I'm like, if this were happening in a real NFL game against starters, that play ends horribly. So it, it's kind of, you know... I don't, I don't know. Like I, it's such such a tough decision because there's not a right decision. Neither of these guys, I don't think, are gonna get us to the playoffs. Neither of these guys are gonna get us even to a winning record. I don't think. Um, you know, Vikings fans have been really vocal about how much they still like Teddy. Um, Saints fans to a lesser degree, uh, but I think we're starting to see more of Carolina Teddy than Minnesota Teddy, which really sucks. Well, and then I guess that's another question, right? Because we do know that Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's been through, I want to say, four systems. So you talked about Minnesota. We talked about New Orleans. We talked, <coughs> excuse me, we talked about Carolina, and now that he's with the Denver Broncos. So he's gotten through a lot of different systems, a lot of different adjustments to his playing style. So do you believe that that has something to do with perhaps his struggles and even some of his gains throughout to these particular games so far this year and I guess and then number two understanding that Pat Shermer is here you know working with Teddy Bridgewater you know their history goes back to when he was a you know starting out his career in Minnesota do you believe that this relationship is going to continue to improve or do you see something that's wrong with the offensive coaches or offensive system that needs to go ahead and get hammered as we move forward throughout this year. I think it's coaching as a whole, honestly. All three phases of the ball look lackadaisical or unprepared. Um, there was a comment that one of the casters said in the Raiders game was that this offense is operating with no sense of urgency. And I think that's completely correct. There, There's no sense of go, 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 get the ball out. Let's get downfield. Let's get touchdowns. Let's score, score, score. Um, Fangio's philosophy at the beginning of the season was, you know, we're going to run out the clock. We're going to control time of possession uh, and have our, have our defense keep the other team's offense in check, which, you know, isn't a bad game plan, but we don't have the quarterback or the offense to do that. Um, and we're seeing that very quickly. And so the lack of adjustment to go from that sort of philosophy to a more fast-paced offense is really hurting us and you know the way Fangio is constantly like look at the way he got mad at the Ravens for running that run play at the beginning of the game or at the end of the game so that they could maintain their streak of having a uh, hundred rushing guards in each game 
if you don't want the Ravens to do that, don't let them get in the position to do that. You should have done something about that earlier in the game. You had four quarters to keep them from doing that, and you failed. And you don't get to stand behind a podium and complain that they did that. I don't think it was unsportsmanlike. You know, I'd want to see the same thing. If I were a Ravens fan, I'd want to see them rush the ball. If it were the Broncos trying to maintain a streak, I'd want to see them do that to close out the game. You know, injury Absolutely. concerns aside, they can maybe put in uh, RG3 for that. Do they still have RG3 as Lamar's backup? Un- uh, unrelated. But, unrelated, you know, yeah. that... But, I mean, we see, we've we seen that from Vic his whole tenure here. He doesn't really... I mean, he kind of... Foe accepts responsibility. You know, there was a press conference he did yesterday. He was like, you know, it's a coaching thing, and that starts with me. But every head coach says that. And it's not like he hasn't thrown coordinators under the bus before like he did with Scangarello. Um, so I think sure. Vic I think Vic needs to be gone. I think Sherman needs to be gone. I think our special teams coordinator should have been gone two years ago. Um, whoever our strength and conditioning coach is, I would be willing to let them go as well because the amount of injuries that we've been seeing is not normal. Um, and I think that comes down to strength and conditioning. And maybe I'm ignorant. You know, maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, some of you are more knowledgeable. Please let me know. But I, we need to see some changes. And, you know, obviously as a fan, I'd like to see these changes midseason. You know, yesterday I was refreshing Sleeper, trying to see if uh, there would be that alert of Broncos have fired Coach Vic Fangio. But... Um, unfortunately, if it didn't happen yesterday, I don't think it's going to happen until the end of the season, which has its pros and cons. What do you think, Jordan? Do you, do you think any of the coaching staff needs to go? Should they be given fourth chances? No one needs to be fired right now. We're three and four. All right. We're not 0 and seven where, you know, we're not, you know, we're not some of the bad, the worst teams in the cellar. Now, are we in a not-so-good spot? Absolutely. I'm not going to go ahead and say that we're not in a not-good spot, but there is time to go ahead and turn this around. We've got about 10 games left, still have a beautiful chance of making the wild card, and so this team, this organization, needs to go ahead and held steadfast. You know, we do have a couple of winnable games coming up on the schedule right here. You know, Washington football team, listen, I know that Cleveland was technically supposed to be a winning game, but... That didn't happen. So now we move forward. I do believe that this is going to be a good chance for us. You know, we're going up against a, you know, inexperienced quarterback. You know, the defense is going to be a little bit tough. I'm not not going to mind you, but there have been teams that have been able to whittle down this Washington football team. So just to preview it to next week. And then, yes, we do have a brunt, or we do have some of our toughest games coming up, but I do believe the pace can be held steadfast. Teddy Bridgewater is getting better. This defense is getting better. Rushing game, there definitely needs to be some work. In fact, the overall offense, there needs to be a little bit of tweaking here and there. But it's premature to go ahead and fire our coaching staff right now. Each one of our major coaching staff are in their particular third year. You know, I usually like to go ahead and give, you know, coaches about three years before we say, hey, do we keep them? Hey, do we leave them? So let Vangio play this last year out. We ultimately get to a wild card spot. And then that talk is going to go ahead and be quieted down just a little bit as we go ahead and maybe make a wildcard spot this year. What about Shermer? Him at a minimum? Shermer? No, Shermer, I want to go ahead and let him play out this year as well. You know, Shermer has had some success before. 
you know, in that Minnesota system, understand that Teddy, and there have been some very successful games that we've had as a, at, with our offense, you know, it's not like we're dropping dud after dud after, after every game. Now, are there are times that we score less than 20 points? Absolutely. And are there times that we score in garbage time? Absolutely. But this offense right here is a work in progress. It's certainly a little bit better than it was last year where we couldn't get anything off the ground. And the less, and then if you want to go ahead and go back to the archaic quarterbacks that we had on this team, like a Joe Flacco, like a Case Keenum, like, you know, any other quarterback you want to throw in my direction, you can go ahead and do that. But for this particular team, understand that we have a relatively still youngish quarterback. You know, he's not, he's still below 30 at Teddy Bridgewater. And Drew Locke, who I ultimately do want to go ahead and start. I've always said from day one, I do want Drew Locke to go ahead and get his opportunity to start. Whether it's going to be this year or whether it's going to be next year, he will have that opportunity. But do, but I do want to go ahead and just say it is not time to blow up the ship just yet. Let's wait until this year. And once this year happens, now that we've gotten at least our major error or era, I should say, with Big Bangio in about three for three years, then we can go ahead and make some judgments and do what we need to do in order to help make sure this team moves forward towards a Super Bowl that is destined to go ahead and get here pretty soon. So is there anything that could happen between now and the buy that would cause you to change your opinion on that? And just for reference, we have the football team, the Cowboys, and the Eagles, and then our buy. So we've got three games there, two of which are winnable, one of which is super winnable, um, that being the Eagles. The football team, I, I could see. Uh, winning against us cowboys for sure winning against us i'm gonna be surprised if they put up less than 40 against us to be perfectly honest with you but is there anything that can happen in those three weeks say we lose all three of those games does that change your mind if we lose all three of those games and so now we're talking about us being three and seven so that's difficult mm -hmm. and a seven game winning streak to go ahead and end the season 10 to 7 be our best chance to make the wild card spot at that point is also definitely difficult so at that point, yeah, especially since that's when we have all our divisional matchups. Sorry to mean to cut you off, but I wanted to oh, no, that's make sure all right. you were aware of that. Because those, those no. well, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I, and I, I'm definitely grateful you brought up that particular point, Spencer. So now we got our divisional matchups. So three and seven going up against, you know, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Chiefs. It, it's not good. It's not, it's not going to be good for whatsoever. So if we get into that particular point, I would then start to look at I wouldn't necessarily say a firing, but if we're starting Teddy Bridgewater in all three of those games, then after that bye week, we start considering starting Drew Locke and seeing where we're going to go from there. But do, but at that point, you know, we are more than likely going to go ahead and have a losing season here. So at the end of the season, I would expect now to have some major changes happen if we go through this path yet again. So, so you, so if I'm getting this right, you think, you know, if we lose all these three games after the bye, then after that Eagles game, that's when we tell Drew Locke, you're the starter. We're going to start letting you in on the game plans. We're going to have you take the first team reps. Is, is that what you're thinking we should do? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I could see that. Um, I, I think I've established this earlier in the episode, but I'm not super confident that Locke is going to be the guy to, to win his games. Because he didn't really demonstrate the ability to do that last season. 
and I will say this, you know, to Drew Locke's, uh, to Drew Locke, to give him a little bit of slack right here, you know, he started, I believe his rookie year, he started maybe only two, three, four games, and he had a decent, you know, start, and then this next year, of course, we got COVID, and, you know, training's a little bit different, practice a little bit different, and I know that every team had that same particular struggle as well, so no excuses, but... I would like to go ahead and see now that Drew Locke has experienced what it's like to have that initial success, you know, going into your sophomore year with a little bit of struggle. You know, sophomore struggle is definitely common with a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of football players, even sports athletes that are out there. And now that he's gotten his chance or his taste of the bench, so like he's a little bit of failure, and now to come back up and prove that he is a starting quarterback, I would, I'd love to see that particular storyline unfold, and not only unfold, but Drew Lock show everybody that he is the next future of the NFL by being one of the league's top premier quarterbacks. Except that's not what he did last year. He had the chance to prove that he'd be a top quarterback last year, and he finished Absolutely. 31st in the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had rookies that outplayed him. Um, so that that's why I don't have a lot of confidence from, you know, every team had to deal with a hampered offseason, had to deal with COVID and all that. And we were the only team that had a quarterback seriously struggle in that. So I don't think it was purely because of COVID that Locke struggled last season. I don't think it was even sophomore slump. I just don't think he is a starting caliber NFL quarterback, which... You know, I, I don't take pleasure in saying that. You know, I, I think Drew Locke actually seems like a, a really decent guy. He seems pleasant. Um, you know, I like his kind of wholesome. You know, that that uh, everybody's seen that clip last year where he's trying to put a mask on and keeps breaking on him. He's like, oh, g- gosh darn it. You know, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I like the kid and um, I hope he does well in uh, whatever endeavors he does in life. But I don't think... Uh, being a starting NFL quarterback is going to be an endeavor he does well with. But, you know, uh, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has improved. But that Ravens game didn't really show a lot. And I don't buy the excuse of he didn't get any first team rep. Like that we've seen quarterbacks against us come in and with with no practice or, or uh, you know, being involved with game planning, just come in and either wreck us or just, just beat us, you know. Um, Chad Henney has done it. Uh, Tannehill got pretty close to doing it, um, which you're welcome, NFL, for bringing uh, Tannehill back into relevancy. Um, that was all to do us. We got Mariota benched. Um, as a avid fantasy footballer, I am certainly happy uh, that we were able to make that happen. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just don't have faith that he's going to have improved. I think we're just going to see more of the same. Maybe he'll throw three checkdowns more this year than he did last year. Now, here's something that's really interesting. So, you know, of course, we're talking about this battle right now that's ongoing between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. What I did read recently, and I know this this might be rumors or, you know, just stuff that's kind of kind of coming out of the waterworks right now, but the Broncos are talking with the Eagles right now about potentially bringing Gardner Minshew to Denver. How would you feel about that? I would actually love that. Um, I I really like uh, Gardner Minshew. Uh, I, I think he kind of got a, a bad deal in Jacksonville. I don't think... That's not to say that I think he is going to be a franchise quarterback. 
I think he's more backup caliber, um, a guy that you can count on to come in when you three or four games, but not 17 games. But I do think he'd at least be more exciting than what we have right now. And that's really all I care to see. You know, I don't I don't see playoffs in the cards for us this season. I don't even see them in the cards for us next season, considering we'll hopefully have a uh, new head coach on staff, hopefully a first-time head coach on staff, and we'll have a new owner. You know, there, there'll be a bunch of things in flux this offseason. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to say, you know, each offseason, well, we're going to make the playoffs, but I don't see that happening next season. But I do want to see an exciting offense again. I want to see an offense that can go downfield, that's scoring points, that isn't just acting like they're walking through a meadow. You know, I want to see football. And I think Gardner Minshew can bring that for us. So let's let's talk about the offense, right? So let's talk about the pieces individually. Because we've been talking a lot about the quarterbacks, and we know that the O-line is a little bit banged up right now, and we know that we don't have some of our stud wide receivers like a KJ Hamler or a Jerry Judy right now. So just Who, kind of who take should a, be coming back next week, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you should be coming back very, very soon. So, you know, moving forward with our offense, let's talk about some of the bright spots that you have seen so far. So, you know, we obviously want to make sure we get the offense more exciting, and I could, I could definitely agree with that. So talk to me about the pieces that are going to help contribute more to this exciting offense that both you and I envision for this team down the line. So I think losing Hamler has hurt us more than anything. Um, I do think we we will hopefully see an uptick in uh, at least more than 10-yard passes uh, once Judy comes back. I think Sutton can serve as that sort of deep threat. But I, you know... I really like the way Kendall Hinton is playing. He's actually been playing really well, which makes me super happy. Um, I'd love to get uh, his jersey. And, you know, hearing him talk about his experience from the Saints game last year, and he actually, uh, his alma mater, Wakefield, had him do their commencement speech for 2020. And he gave this, this really well thought out speech about, you know, it was basically, you know, of course, facing adversity, him being a football player. Um, but he had it phrased in a way that I hadn't really ever heard before, um, talking about, you know, staying in within your comfort vote. No, oh, he was staying within your parameters or breaking outside of those. And seems like a good guy. You know, he was uh, just selling medical equipment, apparently, just before that game. So I, it makes me really happy to see him out there, uh, especially with the passes he's catching. Like, he has caught some really impressive balls. And so that makes me excited that he can actually become a permanent part of this roster. And I, I would really love to see that. Although I kind of wish we had let him keep number two. But, yeah, that's uh, that's and, inconsequential. And I think that's so crazy, right? So it's not only just Kendall Hinton, but, you know, we talked about Hamler. We talked about Judy. We talked about Sutton. Tim Patrick, you might, you let's oh, not yeah. forget about this guy. Oh you know, yeah, it, every everybody forgets about Tim Patrick, and I feel so bad for the guy because he's not criminal. he's not small, he's not short. You know, he's really good at catching contested balls. He's really good at catching open field balls, but everybody sleeps on him. You know, you listen to a fantasy football podcast, and every week, 
when they're talking about who you should pick up on the waiver wires, every podcast, every episode, it's pick up Tim Patrick, and he's still on the waiver wires. Like he's, he's still on the waiver wire in one of my leagues. I just don't have the bench space to uh, pick him up. But but it's crazy. You know, he's been pretty consistent. You know, getting 10, 11 points standard. And, you know, obviously for the Broncos, he's he's doing great. And almost looks like you're wearing his jersey, even though I know it's a Manning jersey. But, yeah, you know, Tim Tim Patrick, what a beast. Sorry, what were you going to say about him? No, it, it, I you kind of took the words out of my mouth. You know, he was very much unknown. You know, the real first game that we went to go ahead and really see what he could do was last year against the Jets. You know, at mm-hmm. that point, we were then we were starting to t- hear about Tim Patrick. And then from there, whenever you start to feel like a um, – sorry, not feel, but whenever you start to hear like a spark or, you know, you start to see something happening with the offense where it's just like, whoa, where would that come from? Tim Patrick always seems to be the guy catching, you know, these crazy passes and helping our momentum. Mm-hmm. So I think Tim Patrick, you know, I compare his story a lot because he was undrafted. So we took him at, you know, undrafted. He could have, mm-hmm. not saying that he's there right now, of course, <clears throat> but I will say, I'll go ahead and put this into the future for him. He could have the career of a Rod Smith type. I would love for Tim Patrick to have a Rod Smith type career, minus the getting snubbed from getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, yeah that's criminal. That's I I don't criminal. I don't know if I would say Tim Patrick is as good as Rod Smith right now, but he he's definitely better than I I think he's better than wide receiver three on a roster. I think he could go to a lot of teams in this league and be their wide receiver too. But yeah, uh, that would be really cool to see from Tim Patrick. So in that case, right, so we, we're talking about five stud wide receivers that we have on this team. So we're talking about Hamler, we're talking about Judy, we're talking about Sutton, we're talking about Hitton, and we're talking about Patrick. Now, in I would love to go ahead and keep all five as like our wide receiver core and watch that wide receiver core turn out to be, you know, what a, a, a completely devastating, you know, core in the league. But I also do want to go ahead and keep practicality, understand that we may not be able to keep all five of these players. So, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, you know, the Broncos can only keep four of these wide receivers. Which one would you ultimately let walk into free agency? Hmm, that That's a really tough one. Because um, I, I think Cortland Sutton is the one that has uh, his contract coming up. Or at least we, yeah. we've got to start thinking about extending him. And I definitely think we should try to keep him. Um, that being said, if he were to walk, I think Jerry Judy has got enough experience and Hamler as well um, to where they could serve as our one and two, um, especially assuming we keep Patrick and Hinton in the mix. We could potentially survive that, but Sutton is such a great receiver that if we let him walk, he's going to go to another team. And he has the ability i think to go to to a good team and say hey give me a contract and he's just gonna light the world on fire so if if anything we need to sign him to to keep that from happening um keep him as a bronco but you know this this may be a hot take but i think if we let any of our receivers walk i mean we could also let patrick walk too but that doesn't seem like the i don't know probably so I think our core could survive without Sutton, um, but in terms of 
what an optimal core would look like, we'd probably keep Sutton and probably let either Patrick or Hinton uh, walk, which I don't like for narrative reasons. Of, of course, and it's certainly not easy to go ahead and, and talk about this, but you think about it, Sutton is a bona fide wide receiver, and we need to keep him around. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about Judy, and yeah, he has had some injury. He, now we're talking about some injury questions with him, but I do believe he is also going to be, you know, a car, core part of our team. And see, I got this a little bit differently, right? So I do want Patrick to stay. Now, I'm going to be talking about Hinton or Hamler in this instance right here. And Hamler has had some injury questions, that's for sure. And Hinton, nice story, but I know, and he does make some plays, but I also know who we're really keeping our eye on on here. So I think if anything, in my heart of hearts, in my gut feeling, I think if any particular wide receiver is going to go, I think it's going to be Hinton. I think Hinton's mm. the guy that's going to need to go, and I think we could, you know, we're going to be able to work with a core like, you know, a Sutton, a Judy, a Hamler, and a Patrick. Yeah, I, I think that's the most realistic option as well. And to go back to me saying that <laughs> we should let Sutton go, it's more so like I'm not so sure Sutton's going to want to play for us next season. You know, how much? Yeah. Yeah, at certain points, like we are going to have to give him extra money, not because he's this amazing receiver, even though he is. It's more so we have to make that as an incentive for him to stay with us because he hasn't really gotten to be on a good team. And, you know, these guys, they want Super Bowls. They want to win, and we haven't been able to provide that for him. So for me, the main question is, is Sutton going to want to stay a Denver Bronco next season? And how much more of the cap are we going to have to sacrifice to keep him on there because we have a lot of guys coming up on contracts this next off season. Absolutely. And so that, that question is going to be, you know, it's all going to be answered one way or another. You know, just kind of coming back to our first topic or really coming back to the beginning right here, full circle, it really is going to be dependent who we keep based on how we do the rest of the season. And again, being three and four, understanding that we've won three, but we lost four in a row. You know, we're a streaky team, and that could work to our favor if we have more win streaks more than losing streaks. So there's definitely a lot of things that need to be a, need to be addressed because we certainly are not lo- we are certainly not loving this four game losing streak right now. That's absolutely mm-hmm. not true. You know, mm-hmm. we want to go ahead and start to win because that is our tradition. You know, before this skid in terms of you know, being on, you know, eating, losing seasons like it's breakfast. Do you remember how rare it was for the Broncos to have a losing season? Like yeah. after this third Super Bowl? Like it was super Yeah, I mean rare. we didn't get we didn't get consecutive losing streaks until this post Manning era. And that's scary. I mean I mean, I, I guess I can't. Maybe, maybe it's different for for you because you actually grew up watching the Broncos, whereas I'm I'm more of a I, I came in later in the game, um, <clears throat> and so you know, I'm not uh, unfamiliar with watching bad teams. Um, I'm actually a Texas Tech fan, which you can imagine how <laughs> watching Chiefs games goes for me, um, but. You know, I, I'm used to watching, you know, losing football. I don't necessarily love it, but, you know, 
for for me, you know, having consecutive losing seasons while definitely not good, it doesn't impact me as much as it does older Broncos fans. So I can definitely understand why they would be more upset with what's happening right now. Um, for me, it's just trying to maintain perspective and trying to think about, you know, what can be done in the future. Because for me, like, I'm, I've already kind of thrown the season out of the window, unfortunately, and that's sad to say. But there's always next year. <laughs> I'll keep fighting for this year. Don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, Jordan, I think uh, we're about good on time for this uh, first inaugural episode of Duncan Dreamy. Uh, Duncan Dreamy. Sorry. Wow. What is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, other than, you know, we've got some great uh, football action uh, this particular week. Uh, so just kind of looking at some of the thing, because, of course, we're not going to be able to talk about the Broncos and, you know, what they're going to be doing uh, this Sunday because their game kind of happened two days ago. But, you know, just kind of looking at some of the NFL action going on this week. Do you have, like, one particular game that you're going to be watching for or something that's going to intrigue you tomorrow? For tomorrow? Um, I was really going to take this weekend aside to do chores since mm. the Broncos played on Thursday and I am going out of town next weekend. Um, so I am going to try to get some stuff done. Um, as far as games, I don't really have one in mind that I'm, like, super excited to watch. Um, I guess the Rams and the Lions, because it's a revenge game for both Stafford and Goff. Um, unfortunately, oh, yeah. I see the Lions falling 0-7 that game, which is really sad. Um, watching Dan Campbell <laughs> cry after, la- was it last week or two weeks ago? But seeing him cry in that post-game conference, like, man, this guy really cares about this football team. He really wants to win. Um, and that's what a good coach does. He doesn't leave his team behind in freaking Cincinnati to go grind up on a girl a third of his age freaking urban um but but yeah what what about you is there a game you're excited to watch i'm just looking at some of these games right now and you know chiefs titans might be something really interesting you know even though we could both say that that might be a blowout for the chiefs because patrick mahomes the best quarterback on the planet something that i would never think this year that i think would be exciting the Bengals and the ravens right yeah that that could actually be a really good game and I'd, I'd love to see Derrick Henry get 400 yards this weekend. That, oh, that would amen. be really amen. great. Wait, let me, let, me, let me make sure that I'm not playing against him in my league of record this week. before no, I, I got Derrick Henry <laughs> on my team, so I'm just like, woo, let's go. Ah, cool. All right, no, I'm not going against Derrick Henry. So, yeah, Derrick Henry, 400 yards. Let's get it, bro. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, other than that, uh, you know, I think this was, a, this was a fantastic debut of our show, and – I'm looking forward to talking more Broncos with you the next time. <laughs> yeah, man, this, this has been fun, and I hope everyone listening in agrees. If you are listening, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope this has been enjoyable for you. We hope to have many more to come. Feel free to let us know. At this point, you're probably somebody that knows us personally, so feel free to reach out. Give us some tips. Uh, let us know what you want to hear from us, what you want to hear us talk about. Um, and this has been Donk and Dreamy. Hail Peyton. Go Broncos.